1: I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. We're in the financial planning program at the University of Georgia. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the meaning of Christmas. Mike, what does Christmas mean to you? It means celebrating my faith, service to others, family, expressions of love, and the movie Elf. What? That's not it at all. All right. Elf is a bit of a stretch. I'm not talking about elf. What are you talking about? Uh, You're you're way (laughs) off the whole thing. Okay, so what's the meaning to you? Christmas is a national celebration of consumerism. Spending time with family. You mean spending money. Oh, come on, really? Look, there is such a strong association between the holidays and the pressure to spend. And nobody, a kid or an adult, wants to say Santa didn't bring them everything their heart desired Christmas morning. All right, good point. But those gifts are genuine displays of affection, not the coercive forces of peer pressure and manipulation. Oh, contraire, my friend! All right, so you're telling me that people are being manipulated to buy more stuff? Yeah, everything from the colors to the music to the scents. The scents? Yeah. Sorry to disappoint you. 2015 study in the Journal of Marketing found that warm scents like cinnamon encourage people to buy more when they went shopping. You know, I love that cinnamon smell when we do our holiday shopping. It reminds me of like all the good feelings I have associated with Christmas, dude. Yeah, exactly. So if you smell cinnamon before you go into a store, you just run away as fast as you can. But it's only one day. How much could it really increase spending? Wait, not one day. It's, we're recording this in November now. The Christmas displays have been up for two months already. <laughs> now that I think about it, once we get all caught up in the bright displays, Christmas tunes, and cinnamon wafting in the air, God, I love that smell. <clears throat> the budget we had goes right out the window. But we thought, what the heck, it's the holidays. I likened it to a warm slice of apple pie. <sighs> I can smell the cinnamon. Uh, You need to focus. (laughs) All right. I'm with you. I'm with you. Okay. So let's say you're on a diet and you say, I'm not going to eat sweets, but you have one slice of pie at the company Christmas party. Alright, guilty as charged. I yeah. do it all the time. Yeah, and what <laughs> usually happens is that one slice of pie turns into another slice of pie and another slice of pie. So you're likening my eating another piece of pie to the way we go overboard on our Christmas spending. Oh yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. You know, the crazy thing is that we do it every year. Spend way more than we've set out to spend for the holidays. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's the commercialization of Christmas. Alright, alright. How much do think Americans spent on Christmas in 2016? <sighs> Americans spent nearly a trillion dollars on holiday gifts. Are you serious? Yeah, would I lie to you? Ah, uh, we could put a sizable dent in world of hunger with that type of money. Yeah, or pay off all credit card debt. Uh, or end homelessness. Or end all student loan <laughs> debt. You know, we could go on and on with ways to spend a trillion dollars for the public good. Now, I know some people are saying, but that's a trillion dollars into the hands of happy little children. Eh. Oh, boy. One billion dollars in money spent on gift cards every year goes unused. That's basically a donation to giant corporations. Wow. So what's that about? Do people just forget about the cards? I think people are just terrible at giving gifts. And let me guess, you got, got the, the statistics, statistics to, to back, back this up. up, yeah. So I'm about to drop a boatload of numbers, so let me just get this out of the way. Now, most of this is coming from work by the Wall Street Journal, Newsweek, and Gift.com. Thank you for your diligent reporting. So just after Christmas, over 10% of all gifts are returned, about 70 percent billion dollars sent back to the stores so one in ten gifts aren't wanted whoa no hang on i didn't say that in addition to all those returns 17 percent of people donate unwanted gifts 13 percent re-gift 10 percent just throw the gifts away my goodness this is so much wasted money Maybe the problem is just that we get so many gifts from people who don't know us well, like coworkers and Yeah, oh if only. So a survey by the Daily Mail found that forty-two percent of women return gifts from their husbands. (laughs) Ashley, this year I promise to keep all of the gift receipts. Now we've said so many times (laughs) in the show. Talk to each other. If people are more open about what they want, I think we'll see fewer unwanted gifts. Do these surveys give any suggestions for good gifts? Well, the most returned gift was clothing. Over 60% of all returns. Maybe the clothes don't fit so well after all that turkey. It was always hard for me to find clothes that fit. Why's that? I already know why that is. (laughs) (laughs) They don't come in super small for men. (laughs) Wow. Jeez. And of course, you have the what going on uh, as yeah. well. Say it, say it. You don't. And go- I've got monkey arms. <laughs> yeah, my arms are too long for my body. Yeah, it's genetic. My people once proudly swung from the trees. Oh, okay, so clothing is the number one return. But clothing is also a popular gift. So just because there's a lot of clothing being gifted, you expect a lot of returns. What I wanted to know was what gift has the highest return rate. Okay, so a gift might not be as popular, but when you get it, you're you're faking a smile and planning your next trip to the store. Yeah, and that gift... The most returned. All right, drum roll, please. Blah, 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 blah. Knickknacks. Ah, yes, those random decorations people put up around their homes. If I get one more ceramic snowman, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> okay, so what is a good gift? All right, let's look at another survey, this one by Gift Card Granny. Oh, that sounds interesting. Yeah, they sell gift cards. I gathered. <laughs> they asked people which gift cards they would like to get and gift cards they would not like so much. The least popular gift card... Stores that people rarely go to, the treat yourself kinds of places like Swarovski, Zara, and Brookstone. Yeah, I I'm drawing a blank. I've never heard of these places. What are you, a farmer? Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I don't know any of them either. I love farmers. All right, you should. Mm-hmm. So, if those were the least wanted, what were the most wanted? Right, get this: McDonald's, love it. Chick-fil-A. Chipotle. Sounds about right. If you only knew how much we spend on food, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. These are just everyday sorts of places, so giving people these gift cards is like giving them cash. I know I know where you're going with this. Now, you're going to say, if you're going to give a gift card, that's basically cash, so you, you may, may as, as well, well give, give cash. cash. Yes. Yep. Cash is such a great gift that an entire book was written about giving it. Screw Genomics by Joel Waldfogel. He's got a great little demonstration about why cash is better than other gifts. Let's hear it. All right, so a cash gift is worth the same to you as it is to me. Obviously. All right, well, okay. <laughs> all right listen, listen. Listen how this works, okay? What if I gave you a bunch of gifts, and I asked you how much you thought all those gifts were worth, and then I pull out my receipts and compare your estimate to what I actually spent? Okay. Okay? Turns out I spent 20% more than you think the gifts are worth. Ah, so by converting your cash into gifts, twenty percent of the value is lost. Right. Now I let's you. let's duplicate that over and over and over again to all the gift exchanges around the world. How much money is lost on unwanted gifts? Twenty five wow. billion dollars. Okay. Okay. But we're, but we're getting off track here. Sure. If you focus on the money side of Christmas, well, Christmas looks like it's all about spending money, but there is so much more, like the songs. Dude, all the songs are about spending money, too. All right, I never got that. Okay, so this one sound familiar? I'm spending all my last savings just like my parents did before. So my kids will love me and my spouse will hug me. I'll give... Gifts I can't afford. Yeah, that's a classic. My love language is giving expensive gifts. You know, I guess I never really thought about the lyrics to that song before. Yeah, it's pretty subtle. All right, this one, Ring Any Bells? We must sell, we must sell, buy on layaway. Don't have the fun, swallow your pride and buy it anyway. Hey, going into debt for the holidays. Dude, we were singing that on the way to the store this past weekend. Mm -hmm. You know what what made it even better is that I bought one of those cinnamon scented air fresheners. Mm. Ah, it felt just like Christmas. Yeah, it's a favorite of mine too. All right, all right, I got one. My entire family sings this after the gift exchange each year. Christmas is finally over. So quickly it comes and goes. Except for the credit payments. You will pay till next year's snows. That was a great rendition of Debt is the Gift that Keeps on Giving. I think that started as a hymn. Oh my goodness, we love that song. Uh, you know, that was all in good fun, but isn't Christmas about what we can do for others and not so much what we can do for ourselves? No, that's what I'm saying. And Santa would tell you the same thing I am. Well, whatever. If we had Santa here, he'd set the record straight. Oh yeah, let's bet on it. I'll take that bet. $50? Um, About that uh, $50. Ashley and I just went Christmas shopping. And, and, and you overspent yeah. How about a dollar? All right, a dollar it is. Okay. Did you hear that? Hear what? Dude, that sounded like reindeer. Oh, I. Definitely heard that. Is that Santa at the door? That's Santa. Are you serious? Santa's actually here. Well, what? What are you waiting for? Go let him in. All right, dude. I, I got it. I got it. Ho oh,
2: ho 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 ho! Merry Christmas. Oh my goodness. Oh, Santa oh, is oh, actually oh. here.
1: All right, Santa. Oh, be, oh good Santa, to
2: see you, fellas. Santa ooh, too. This is
1: awesome. <laughs> Santa. Before we get started, can I get a selfie with you to share on our Nothing Funny About Money oh, Instagram page?
2: Absolutely. Awesome. No problem. Come right over here. Matt, stop Uh, acting all cool uh, and getting the picture. Oh, 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 this is great. Now, where are the children?
1: Uh, There's no kids. There's, yeah, no kids. It's just us. It's,
2: yeah. Wait, I was told there would be kids, of course. It's, uh, It's Christmas time. Where are the children? Um... Uh, yeah, no. sorry, man. Nope. Like, <laughs> no. Our
1: significant others might consider us to be
2: wait, no, we're children? we're man children. <laughs> that's about Do the extent man- of what, it. Do man children count? Wait, is it just you guys? Is that what we're what What kind of deal is this? Yes. you're not yeah. weird or anything, are you? What? What? Oh, uh, it's
1: just we're radio show guys on NPR. Yeah, it's it's, oh, it's just us. And you know, we we've been having this this amazing conversation, and like, I'm so glad that you're here. Yeah. all right because Matt and I have been going back and forth about you know what the real meaning of Christmas is and he thinks it's all about commercialization and you know you know hey, listen, it's it's listen. That's,
2: that's still not the case speaking of commercialization did you guys sign the the writer you understand that this is not something I can just walk in and do like I need a you know to appear in a place like this there's there's well, a standard gotta, writer form that uh, wait, we got
1: we got to pay to just have you on the show
2: well absolutely that's the way it works <laughs> uh, bucko
1: see yeah, yeah that sounds about right doesn't it michael
2: yeah what did you you <laughs> think this is like uh some sort of a saint nicholas thing this is this Hold is on. santa claus what are you talking about
1: Santa? like your your whole origin story that i tell my kids every right. holiday season is about the the three orphan children that you helped yeah. save and we use that as the way to Talk about how we serve others in a community. That's, that is what Christmas is about, right?
2: Hey, guess what? Filling up a stocking full of little wooden toys is one thing. Making an Xbox One. Have you ever seen the pieces that go to that I've I've, I've seen an Xbox One. Yeah, well, okay. It's a lot of work, buddy. Okay? And so I got to get paid. I'm talking about cash. It's not so simple anymore.
1: Yeah, see, Michael, you're thinking of this guy like 2000 years ago. So,
2: hold on now. And then the adults, they get in on the act too. You know, they're they're mailing me letters about they want a Mercedes. You've seen the commercials? Yeah. The the Lexus pulls up with the big bow on it. Do you do you do you know what kind of coin it takes? To keep a shop like that running?
1: Yeah, you're not thinking about the employee benefits for all those elves, Michael. So I mean, expensive. Forget,
2: forget the North Pole. I've expanded. I've got shops in Beijing. So what? What's I've the point? I've got stuff in Greenland. What's the I'm, point? I, well, the point is that uh, happiness comes with a dollar sign. That's Are the point. Are you serious? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think
1: he was going to tell you? Come on, man. Get your heads out of the clouds. This is Santa we're talking about.
2: By the way, you guys got a smoke or anything? Because I'm like, I could really use a camel. How how long has this been going on? You know, when you look at the marketing and the advertisement that's done all around jolly old St. Nick, well, I'm the one that keeps all that going, Michael. It's a hard job. And a lonely one as well. But you're getting paid. Oh, absolutely. All right, fellas, I got to get out of here. Lots of stuff to do. You know, Christmas is just a few days away. And as Michael would say, peace.
1: All right. Thanks, Santa. See ya. (laughs) Yeah. See, I told you. Santa sold out. You owe me a dollar. This whole idea that serving the least among us is not the true essence of the Christmas spirit drives me crazy. Well, sure, bothers me too, but look at the bright side. You can take all those unwanted gifts you got over the holiday break, sell them online, and donate the proceeds to a charity of your choice. Yeah, I get that. But, you know, even if we try to make an impact, shouldn't it be a concerted effort that we lend our gifts, talents, and resources to year-round and not just the very tail end of the year? Well, that's what we're trying to do with the show. You're right. And you know what? we're doing a pretty good job. If we can't depend on Santa, we'll just have to do our part to bring attention to organizations that embody the spirit of the season year round. Absolutely agreed. And there are so many of them in Athens and around the country. In the second half of this episode, we'll bring one on, the Ark here in Athens. You're listening to Nothing Funny About Money on WUGA Athens. 91.7 and 94.5 FM. I'm Matt Gorin. And this is Michael Thomas. Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Or online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org.
2: Support for Nothing Funny About Money comes from UGA's Department of Financial Planning, Housing, and Consumer Economics, providing teaching, research, and outreach to support families' and communities' economic well-being. fhce.uga.edu
1: you know, Mike, I'm kind of sorry the first half of that episode maybe bummed you out a little bit. It did. But I know it's the holiday season. and <laughs> Santa we do. sold out. Yeah. But, you know, we can give gifts to each other. And I just want you to know that I, I got you a gift for this holiday season. Oh, did you? Yeah in your name I'm donating a hundred dollars to the aspire clinic that is awesome dude yeah, I thought you'd like that you know what I I was I wasn't gonna do this on air because I didn't want to put you in a in a weird spot if mm-hmm. you didn't, in an event that you didn't get me anything oh sure uh, Good but you. I actually reached out to the Athens library oh, yeah. and I know how much you love to serve the community right yes yeah, so you donate money in my name no too. I didn't donate money I actually mm-hmm. volunteered your services on January 16th at 7 pm to give a talk on budgeting. Wait, yeah, who services? Who's giving this talk? You're giving a talk. I, You volunteered me to give a talk? Hey, dude, you, you talk about all the time how you just love speaking to the community and engaging with and meeting families. I was like, this is a great opportunity to give Matt something he really loves. Uh, thanks. Thanks, Mike. Dude, I'm so glad you love the gift. Yeah, me, me too. Glad glad you like your gift, too. Man, this is awesome, dude. Thank yeah, you. Of, of course. I well, really appreciate it. I guess I'll be seeing you guys at the Athens Library, January 16th, 2018, at 7 p.m. to talk about budgeting. Dude, I'm so glad you love that gift. And there's other ways to give back besides just doing budgeting seminars, yeah. like volunteering with The Arc here in Absolutely. Athens. Absolutely. With that said, we had the opportunity to interview Stephanie Cockfield, who serves as the financial education director at the ARC. Take a listen. Stephanie, thank you for being with us. Yay!
0: Thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) We are absolutely ecstatic to have you here. And tell us about the ARC of Athens and your role as the financial education director. Sure. So, Stephanie, please tell our listeners about what you all do at the ARC.
0: One of the main things that we do is we're serving people who have had a loss of income. So they are working um, sometimes, you know, more than one job, and something has happened that was beyond their control in the last couple of months. Okay. And usually that is a job layoff. They're doing everything they can on their end to make ends meet, maybe paycheck to paycheck, but they're making it work. But of course, when you are paycheck to paycheck, it can take the smallest thing. And then you can fall behind on your rent. You can fall behind on your power bill, your water bill. Then you're facing disconnections. You're facing an eviction from one thing that was totally beyond your control.
1: You know, I think that this is an important point. You're not bailing people out who've made a really bad decision Uh, These are people who are victim of some misfortune.
0: They just need a little bit of time. And so if we catch them, you know, right after they lost that job or maybe they were working full time and they got cut to part time hours or had an unexpected expense like Mm -hmm. a car repair, house repair, you know, pretty much anything out of the blue, um, unexpected, wasn't their fault. That could cause them to be behind on something. You know, we get them in and we maybe help pay their rent that month, pay oh, wow. the water bill directly so that those things are taken care of and it buys them just that little bit of time that they need to get back on their feet.
1: So speaking to the, uh, the holiday spirit of things, I think it's important for our audience to consider that one of the greatest gifts we can give is to not automatically assume the worst of people who are struggling or just going through some difficult time. Imagine the type of impact we could make in our communities year-round if we made a concerted effort to see life from another person's vantage point. There was a person who impacted your perceptions about the families you served.
0: This was an individual who was struggling with providing food for the family, the normal necessities, but they had cable. Okay. And so I think that, you know, at first glance, somebody might look at that and say, well, that's the first thing you need to get rid of. Absolutely. And they might say that to that person. Thankfully, I did not in this moment, but I allowed them to tell me, what are your priorities in this budget and why? They started talking about the different things that they were spending money on. And when they got to the cable part, they said that I have this and this may be considered extra, but I need cable. Mm-hmm. I said, okay, tell me more about that. They said, because I live in a bad neighborhood, mm-hmm. I have to have something that will keep my kids inside Absolutely, because my kids cannot play outside.
1: Wow. Thanks for sharing. That's an amazing story. I actually gave a TED Talk on something called financial empathy that touches on a similar point. Uh, It's amazing what we can learn about people when we allow ourselves to be empathetic. There's so much more to the story. And besides cable, another big expense a lot of people have is their car, but...
0: It is not easy to hold down a job without a car, you know, because somebody might say, "Well, just get rid of the car payment." Well, if you don't have a great credit, then you can't, you know, you're not going to get a good rate on cars. So your car payment is yeah. going to be higher, and you get caught in this kind of cycle where you, yeah, it's better to save up for yes. a car and pay for it outright, so you don't yeah. have a car payment. But you got to have a job to do that. Got to get to your job, so you got to have a car to do that. Absolutely. And I, I work with lots of people that they are. trying to make it work by taking the bus but that limits them to where does the bus stop and where their job is at and then some jobs jobs may not be local and they get hired somewhere but it's 40 minutes away then they have to have the car and some rely on uber and that is super expensive for each trip absolutely so then it's like it's they're they go to work all day and they're super super hard working i cannot stress how hard working the folks are that i meet um maybe more hardworking than some others, um, have multiple jobs. And sometimes all of the work is going into to pay for all of these expenses. So it's it's just super hard. You just don't know.
1: Just imagine right now if you were in a position where you didn't have a car and you didn't have the credit to get a car at a reasonable interest rate because you have some of these car dealerships are charging 17 percent, nine, that will eat someone Oh, yeah. Up.
0: Even more than that. Right? Even mm-hmm. even
1: more than that. And that's something yeah. that we're definitely going to touch on in a future episode because we need to be aware of how it is that somebody with no credit, good credit, bad credit can still get a vehicle. But quick aside, but imagine if you're in a position where you're having to take a bus to work right, and you have to make multiple stops and you're at work, you're two hours in and you get a call, your child's sick. We need you to come pick up your child right now. Mm-hmm think about it. You can't. A lot of single parents are working two or sometimes three jobs to make ends meet. Missing a few days of work can mean losing your job or a significant loss in pay. So to make ends meet might mean pawning something off or taking out a title loan. So how, how does the ARC provide a better option to these families?
0: We partner with the Georgia United Credit Union. Okay. So they are the ones that actually lend the funds. I mean, we do it that way rather than us lending it because then they do get credit for it on their credit report. They do the actual loan, but the ARC has raised our own loan funds to back each and every loan so that they have the opportunity to have an interest rate that they otherwise would not be able to get on their own just based on credit score alone. Wow. And that's usually why they end up at the title loan places because of the score issue.
1: You know, that's great to know. You know, you've worked with families on on the front end. So how long do you work with individuals or families after they've received an initial service from you?
0: If we leave them in the process before they are self-sufficient based on their credit score, then they may still fall victim to a predatory loan. We feel like our job isn't done until they can go into the credit union on their own without us and be able to get a loan. So we stick with them and sometimes do two or three loans for the same person to keep building that score.
1: Absolutely. And we don't
0: let go until they get into that range that the credit union would be able to lend to them on their own.
1: If we have someone listening who is struggling with, as Matt and I like to say, making the call, due to the fear of being labeled in a negative way, what would you tell that person or family?
0: Don't even let that stop you from continuing. It's best for your future. You got to do it for yourself. And don't worry about those other voices out there.
1: That's excellent advice.
0: Yeah, it's so inspirational for us because that truly is, you know, we feel that way with every loan we refinance, you know, getting people out of that lending system, with every grant that we do, with every budget that we do, you know. And that's the gift that keeps on giving So we do that for that one person and they do it, you know, they share that with the next person.
1: Do you have a story that really touches you concerning the families you serve?
0: One of my favorite stories just happened where this um, one of our loan people, he was going into the title um, pawn place Mm -hmm. to pay his off. He had his check from the credit union. He was paying it off in full walks out meets a complete stranger out you know she's walking in and he looks at her and says hey i know where you can get some help with that
1: that's and i
0: just did her loan yesterday and her loans now paid off and it just keeps going
1: oh i love this stuff absolutely that's awesome thank you stephanie
0: yeah thanks for having me
1: yes thank you to stephanie cockfield from the athens arc if you need help or know someone who does, visit them online at <laughs> Yeah, you know, One of the great things about the arc, they use the starfish story as a way to guide their efforts. The morning after a terrible storm, a man walks along a beach. Thousands upon thousands of starfish lie in the sands at his feet, drying and dying in the sun. He and the starfish are not alone. A small boy walks the shore as well, picking up starfish one by one and throwing them into the water. After some time, the man caught up to the boy.
2: What are you doing?
1: Saving them, the starfish. If they stay on the beach, they'll die.
2: But there are so many, even if you're here all day, no one would notice that you've made a difference. The boy seems to ignore the
1: man as he reaches down, collects another starfish, and then tosses it into the waves. Then he looks up to the man and says, Well, I made a difference to that one. The man smiled and then laughed. I suppose you're right. Together, they bend down, pluck starfish from the sand, and throw them into the ocean. I love that story, and I'm glad that Stephanie shared it with us. To all of our listeners out there, will you consider finding your starfish by volunteering or donating to organizations that support the needs of the people here in Athens or wherever you live year-round? We already talked about the ARC. Yeah, and there are other organizations in the community doing amazing work as well. Like the Athens Homeless Shelter that addresses homelessness. Or the Athens Land Trust that helps place families into affordable homes. And there's even programs like Project Free... That helps people build better relationships and manage their money better with seminars. Absolutely. Speaking of which, uh, Matt and I would actually like to use our platform throughout 2018 as a way to encourage community involvement and bring a spotlight to the great number of organizations and not-for-profits that are out here doing amazing work 365 days a year. So if you are helping out a nonprofit organization right now and you want to be on the show, please go to nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org and send us a message. Is that it? I think so. Special thanks to our guest, Stephanie Cockfield from the Athens Arc. And thanks, as always, to our executive producer, Chris Shoup, and our audio engineer, Garrett Burke. Thanks for listening, everyone. And until next time, peace. You've been listening to Nothing Funny About Money. I'm Matt Gorin. And I'm Michael Thomas. This program is made possible by the College of Family and Consumer Sciences at the University of Georgia in cooperation with WUGA. For more information about our program, visit us online at nothingfunnyaboutmoney.org. Or need help? Get it! Visit us on campus at the Aspire Clinic. Thanks for listening.